Welcome everybody to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the AJ Osborne Podcast. And it has been a roller coaster of a month or two. Um, quite insane. I was looking at was global markets are down um, astronomically, massive wealth, you know, literally just hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars have been wiped away from stock market, resetting expectations, money fleeing from risky assets to safer assets. Um, but it's a, it's a tough time. It's a tough time for companies, asset managers. It's a tough time for um, investors. You know, we have inflation. We have rising interest rates, which as of today, the interest rate rise doesn't seem to have affected inflation because it's stayed at its 40-year high of over 8% um, for the United States as a whole, which if you're in any of the growing uh, communities or sectors of the United States, it's much higher than that. And when you look at the effect that this has on the returns of assets on what money, you know, I think of money like it, money is a moving organism. It's trying to avoid danger. It's trying to get fat and happy and it moves through the economy based upon those factors. It wants to move to safety. It wants to get away from risk, but it needs to survive. It needs fuel. It needs to be able to grow. And um, we're in a weird time where there isn't a clear line, meaning if you flee from safety, right, and you get too safe and inflation's at 8%, you're not making enough returns to grow, you're shrinking. But if you flee to risk to try to get higher growth, then all of a sudden you could get huge hits on you like we've seen through the tech sector and the stock market um, that have frankly just been overdone. And this is a reset. Money's moving around, it's resetting. But a lot of people think, well, that doesn't affect me or that doesn't, and it really does. So it really affects everything because money is a voting machine and um, it, it has a very interesting effect that we don't see immediately. So it, it trails, right? So the movement of money today, we see years to come. It uh, picks winners, it picks losers, it shapes how the future of your city looks like. It affects the job that you have. It affects your um, whole prospects of a lot of how your life will function, meaning the goods and services that you have or have access to, the things that you like, the movies that are made. It's, you know, there's just so much that comes into these seismic shifts. And we've been through a few of them. The seismic shift 
of 08, the seismic shift of COVID, now this. And I, I view a lot of times as this, I, I simply see as a reset. We, we're coming off COVID. COVID was overdone. In every way, shape, and form, COVID was on, overdone. I have not seen one argument that can legitimately show that we didn't have such an overreaction to COVID in virtually every way. Um, fear gripped us like no other. And the fear of losing and stopping the economy, um, the fear of safety and the world lost its mind and fear does this, right? So, you know, fear in the 2008 crash, people lost their minds. COVID uh, made people lost their minds. It causes social upheaval and people think emotionally. They're in a constant state of stress. Their decision-making erodes away day by day. Uh, everything becomes life and death. And it creates parties where you're either for me or against me. And it, 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 it's not good. It's really bad because logic just evaporates. Now, I was in a very lucky position because when COVID hit, I was just coming off one of the two, three years of being out of the hospital. Um, I... The, the amount of fear that I felt could not even closely be measured because I just, I so could not have cared less um, about my personal safety. I was worried about my parents. Um, uh, I was worried about my father. I was worried about my, my grandparents and people in high risk, things like that. But I just, I was just not worried because of what I'd gone through. Um, I kind of, it, it was just that, it, it seemed such like an overdone thing. And, and that, I think, happens when you go through really traumatic events, probably, that the context and the perception in which you view the world around you is dramatically changed. So I think I had a, um, not an over, I, I, I mean, not that I didn't have an overreaction, but maybe I'll, probably towards that other end, meaning... My action was, <laughs> I should have probably had more of a, a fear or, or care about what was going on. It just, it was hard for me. There's nothing I could do. There was nothing that, uh, I couldn't get vaccinations or anything else like that. I couldn't do it. So it wasn't even available for me to have. So I'm just like, yeah, I was going to get it. Everybody around me was going to get it. So I just kind of moved on with life and, um, very, very quickly. That allowed us to have very clear heads and take advantage of incredible deals when COVID first happened and we had three, four months where financial markets just went in a tailspin. Um, we bought and put a ton of money at risk and on the line. And that was when everybody was fleeing. And they're like, how could you be doing this? The world is, it's over, it's done. And it's like, man, Geez, I've heard this before. This, you know, 2008, and when we were, you know, 2009, when we're buying, going to buy things, and realtors and investors were like, dude, why are you buying real estate? This real estate is, it's going to tank again. And it's, 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 you know, 
like banks don't like it. You got to stay away from it. And uh, the things that I've taken from this is when you have a short term, a short term viewpoint and thinking, you become much more of an emotional animal. Uh, you have set things that need to happen within set time frames. And the pressure of time frames and anticipation and the fear of achieving or not achieving or the result of certain things not happening uh, puts a lot of stress on, on us and on investors. And it creates that flight or fight response. And I've really worked hard to set up our investment strategy and in, in my firm and uh, how we work with our investors as a long-term value creation uh, machine um, that doesn't constrain me to short-term moves. And if that doesn't work out, things don't work out. Um, I really like this investing style and strategy for the reasons that I just mentioned, but also others. One of the main reason is, is I cannot control so much of what happens is virtually nothing. And I understand incentives and the way that people react in certain markets and how this money that's getting sloshed around, right? Where it's going, why it's going. So much of this money is predicated, predicated on short-term decisions. Um, if you look at these vast moves and people fleeing and selling and running and buying, you're like, if you were in a, if, if you owned an asset or a business that you knew would be worth three times more in 30 years, whether or not that asset fluctuated in value uh, over the short term would be pretty insignificant. Uh, and you could tell by the way people move, that's obviously not how they think. This is also a, a deal with uh, structures or frameworks on investing vehicles meaning like you have investors and maybe um, debt or outside components to that investment that make trigger points where certain things need to happen. So investors are going to, you, you promised X, I have to do X for investors. Uh, the bank is contracts coming up and I have to refi, right? So even some of those times investors uh, we put ourselves in bad situations, which we try to avoid, meaning uh, our contractual nature with financiers, investors, and everything is a long-term one because I am just so completely aware that I cannot control uh, short-term things and markets freak out and they move. And it doesn't mean that I don't get caught. You know, I, I, I know that I'm going to have a bad deal. I know that there's things that are going to happen, which are out of my control. And it doesn't matter how long I hurt, hold, I'm going to get hurt for. So I really try to focus on that long-term value and that long-term proposition and work on setting myself, my investors and me up in a situation where I am not subject to those short-term decision-making, volatility, emotional triggers. And that I think greatly improves our overall success. And when we take away the expectations, even on myself, that I need to perform to get a certain rate of return, or uh, I have to 
do things in a certain amount of time frame, I can allocate resources at the appropriate time. And I can hold off when we need to hold off. Um, overall, markets in the short term are completely irrational. They just don't even make sense. And over the long term, they tend to be very, very rational. And they tend to balance out. But I don't know when the irrational parts are going to happen and when they're not. So I have to act accordingly. Um, and when you look at what's happening right now, we are, uh, we are facing the consequences of a very irrational reaction to something that was completely overblown and gripped so many people in fear that had no reason to be fearful. And um, that's not, I'm not saying that the consequences weren't real. Don't, don't, nobody, there's no need to read me, write me or message me on social media and say, you don't think that COVID was real. Of course it was real. Of course it was dangerous. Of course people died from it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's overblown. And that is, yeah, we, we can simply look at the overall reaction the amount of people that we knew were going to be harmed from it, the timeframes in which we figured that information out, which we could test, we had data coming out, and the fact that we didn't adjust our approach as an economy or as a people as the inf new information came out. So as risk started to dwindle because information started to increase, uh, there was no adjustment. I mean, this year alone, uh, the government's like, yeah, we're going to roll out six trillion more dollars. And we, we believe that certain segments, we don't want, you know, we want airlines to still be doing the same thing. We're on. And you're going, what? We're acting the exact same way, even though all the data's changed, our understanding has changed. And this overreaction and this inability for people to adjust based upon new information, um, we now all deal with the consequence of it. And that has to do with inflation, that has to do with supply constraints worldwide. That has to do with the Great Reset. The, you know, it, there's just so many massive issues that the world is facing. And we, the social unravel, how much people are, you know, they're, you know, people just aren't in a very good state. Um, with their families. I mean, divorce has skyrocketed. There, it's just, it's un, it's, there's just so much going on, right? That um, is a result of that that we have to all work through. And this is going to take time. It's going to take time to get through the crap. It's going to take time to readjust. We've got to get off the COVID bump. Interest rates have to rise. We have to contract the money supply, which was so overdone, so overbuilt. We have to become more independent on supply chains. We have to reinforce supply chains of goods and services that um, are instrumental in day-to-day -day lives and living. We have to readjust how we view working populations, our investment strategies. We have to readjust where we allocate money. Um, we have to readjust our, our uh, reaction to outside events and we have to learn from it. And this readjustment, right, this takes time and this this readjustment presents itself in economic turmoil and um, uh, social turmoil. 
right? Things are being challenged and that, that's okay. But we also have to understand that it is a reset. The world isn't ending. Um, it, we're going through a reflection and a reset point, which is going to be painful for a lot, a lot of people. And this m money moving is part of the reset. They're leaving assets that they were in because of government intervention that forced money to do things that maybe it wouldn't have chosen chosen to do otherwise. Now the market is overdone the other way, and now money's having to flee and move the other way. It creates these big swings that we've seen over the last two years, right? Overcorrection, overcorrection, and this noise can just paralyze you. And that's that's really what we want to avoid. We do not want to, when you see the markets down, and you know, obviously, I guess, maybe this is a little more of a negative-toned uh, podcast this time because of what's happening in the economy, so I want to address it head-on. Um, with that said, we internally, I'm, I'm hiring, our revenues are up, um, we're still doing the same thing we were doing. And we know that there will be contractions. I Obviously, a lot of people uh, probably read my Twitter thread that has got over 600,000 views. And um, they probably, with all that, you know, I posted a lot of data and I have a lot of uh, things that I've been working on over the last six months with a research firm. And um, there's probably lots of questions arising. And in, this is how I think about it, everybody. Yes, it may be negative, but negativity is not bad. So negativity is only bad when it grips you and controls you. But I can move forward in negativity. And two, I can understand the negativity. I can call it out. That is vitally important for you to be successful, right? Like you can't be just everything is lollipops and, and rainbows and geez, I, I hope I'm lucky, right? Um, and in my own investing strategy, my own industry, I can recognize the bombs where they're at and make sure we avoid them. And so I take a look at what we're doing. I take a look at my industry. I take a, a, a negative look and I really want to see where are the failures, where are the holes. And it's not to try to say, oh, this is why I didn't do this investment or this is why I got out of it. I'm No, it's to identify those things so I can maneuver, build around those things for the long term, survive short term volatility when it's coming at me and keep moving forward. So I understand and I'm positive, like I, I'm very positive and I have very strong um, positive viewpoints on the future in the long term but I tend to be very pessimistic in the short term, meaning I can't control things. So if I can't control things, what's going to happen that could hurt my firm, my employees, my investors, me financially? What, what are the short term? Where are the mines, right? As we walk forward, I don't want to get blown up. Um, so long term, no, this is like our approach. Everything's going great. Short term, there's always going to be problems. So let's actively work on um, finding them. So even through negativity, we are moving forward in confidence and understanding. And, you know, we often we often talk about the market like it's a party, right? And the Fed pulls the punch bowl. And um, 
I dislike that analogy because I don't think investing should be anything or the economy should be anything like a party. It should be very boring and thoughtful and long-term and not end at the end of the night with somebody pulling the punch bowl and people laying around passed out. And, you know, that's, that's not at all how, how, how we want it to work. Red. So um, don't treat it like that. Don't, don't cross your fingers, hope and pray and go and just have fun for tomorrow we die. Um, no, be reasonable. Uh, protect yourself. Build an infrastructure for the long term. Take, don't take short term gains at the expense of a long term compounding effect. And that's really important right now. Right now, a lot of people are losing sight of that long term thinking. And two, also, a lot of people have their eyes closed and they're just like, no, it's okay, it's okay, everything's okay, everything's okay, which that's also just not true right? And you can get a lot of trouble. I liquidated all my stocks last year. So at the end of the summer, um, maybe late fall, um, I had been telling everybody listening to this podcast, I'm like, we are going to see massive inflation. We were, this was totally overdone by the government. The amount that, of capital they're putting out, they're not letting the economy work. Um, this is going to come back and this is going to bite us. Our money supply is out of control. And I understand that inflation kills the stock market. So I recognized that and I don't short term jump in. So when I'm in the when I invest in the stock market, I'm buying companies that fundamentally I love for a long period of time. I sold all my stocks except for three, which I bought three, four months after COVID, which was Marriott, Hilton and the other ones. And it was right when the market was pricing them as if they had disappeared. Like they thought the businesses were bankrupt and their stocks just cratered like to nothing. I mean, I can't remember what I picked up Marion stuff, but it was like under 10 bucks. It, it was just crazy. It was really, really low. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense at all. You, you know, first of all, these are franchises and a lot of the ways that these people make money have nothing to do with the actual assets anyways. So there was such an overcorrection and a fear that was driven out of those stocks that was, unreasonable. Um, it was incredible value, which I still think there is. I'm still totally bullish on those long term, the long term. And um, that was obviously rewarded very quickly. Um, but that they, they came off such a low point, I didn't mind for the short term fluctu fluctuation. But other ones that I don't like, whether that was the tech stocks, Apple, things like that, you know, they were overdone. Their, their earnings, their price to earnings ratio was crazy. The price that they were selling at versus what they made, it just didn't make sense. And I knew that logic would go out the window with inflation and money would just move away. So I sold them. I'm still looking at um, the market now that it's been cratering, but honestly, I'm not quite ready yet. I, I, I think that if inflation's going to persist, um, I'm not sure that the Fed is, first of all, um, the money supply is still too big. We're still having a lot of the issues. So I, I just don't think I am in a period of time where I'm ready to move back into the stock market. That'll be slow when I do. And then I'll get in and like I had prior. So that was the first time I'd sold anything in the stock market, I think for like, I don't know, 10 years. Uh, I literally, the last time I bought up a bunch of stocks was back in 09 or 10. So I'll eventually get back in and then I'll forget about it. And I'll buy those companies and I'll let those companies work over the long term. So the point of today's podcast, everybody, is while things are crazy, you don't need to be. 
the noise on the internet, the things that you're hearing, you need to be aware of it. Don't ignore it. Understand what's going on. But I've tried really hard that I can listen to very opposing views and I can listen to people that may be irrational without getting emotional. Like most people get mad and they just, oh, I'm not going to listen to this or I'm going to, I actually want to understand and I'll sit and I'll try to listen and I'll try to understand. But I can listen to outrageously opposing viewpoints and be 100% okay with it and not feeling at all like my core beliefs and my, like that doesn't change what I believe. It doesn't hurt my viewpoint. It doesn't hurt what I stance, what I believe to listen to extreme criticism of what I believe. And um, that's a really important thing for me when, first of all, investing, but in life in general, there are no short term things. Will I let? Will I let affect me from long term goals and planning? Now, a lot of people can say I'm like that, and I agree with that. But then you also fail to make massive action and really move on those beliefs. That was something that I think I had prior. So then it became okay. I I can be firm. I can listen to criticism. I can see all the damage and everything going, but I also need to be able to move forward in the chaos and I need to have action. I need to be investing. I need to be putting dollars at work. I need to be building infrastructure in the craziness, even when I shouldn't be uh, without that outlook. Now that is very hard to do. Um, it's That was very hard to do for me. And I think a lot of people, because they can't do that, they find it hard it's, it's really hard to capitalize on the greatest time in investing. Now, once things go back and everybody starts to feel good, that's almost always after that value proposition is gone and the, the markets have re, kind of reset. And it happens quickly. So um, don't ignore, look at the criticism, find the bombs, but keep walking forward, identify, build out infrastructure build out processes, systems that you can execute uh, and set up the framework, meaning the debt, the overall um, uh, structure of your investment. So whether that's like a, with investors or not, make sure that that is also set up for the long term and you are allowed the ability for things to go wrong in the short term within that invest, investing strategy without going down. So your investment strategy needs to be allotted for imperfections and you need to be able to adjust within those times. And I, geez, I'd say the vast majority of people cannot weather much of a storm at all. Meaning most of the people that I see investing in self-storage facilities today, if cap rates went up a point or two in the next three years, um, and occupancy dropped 5%, maybe 10%, just to more like historic norms, they're going to be screwed. They're wiped out. That is ludicrous to me. But that's how I see 90% of people doing it. So no matter what you're in, it doesn't matter if it's in storage or other real estate, it doesn't matter if you're in business, uh, don't have the structure of the contracts or the debt kill you. Don't force you to have to move within very rigid short time frames in which opposing outside pressures 
could destroy what you're trying to do, what you're investing in, even if that investment or that strategy is perfectly fine. I see it all the time. Um, and then that becomes the blame game. Well, it's because this happened, right? Well, it's because of that happened. But if you would have been structured better, you could have weathered the storm. So that's what I'm trying to say. Um, with that, everybody, I think inflation's here to persist, and, and that's fine. Um, we move forward. We're, 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 we're going through I'm buying properties. I mean, we just raised like $20 million in like two months. Um, so we're, we're all, we're moving forward as more information comes out, we will readjust expectations and our short-term movements and how we're going forward, but never at the expense of the long term. I hope that helps. It's been on my mind a lot lately. So I really wanted to talk about it. Uh, with that, everybody, thank you guys so much for listening. I had a bunch of my reviews taken down like a bunch of my reviews on both self-storage income and the AJ Osborne podcast. I have no idea why. Literally, we went from 700 plus reviews on self-storage income to 400 something. And it happened like we noticed it randomly. And we have not been able to figure out from Apple or anybody else what the heck is going on. So if you do me a favor, jump on here, leave me some great reviews, guys. Um, we put a lot of time and effort into uh, the podcast and content of which we don't make anything from. That's how you can help me out. I love talking about this stuff and giving this information, what we're seeing and what we're doing, the transparency of it. Um, it, it actually helps me. It helps me think through these things. It helps me uh, attract great people on our team. It helps us uh, get great opportunities. So we're going to keep doing it. And we love just the community that we're building. And I appreciate all of you. So thank you very much.